Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Victory Temple with Pastor Annie Gaskin. Let us listen to that favorite song, I Came to Tell You. Praise the Lord. Tonight, this is Pastor Annie Gaskins. I'm with the Fivefold Ministry, Apostle Maggie Mercer, 
And I'm going to be speaking tonight, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And we're going to talk tonight about dealing with anger. So we're going to come tonight, the scripture that I'm going to be looking at tonight is James, the first chapter, verse 19 to 20. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So when a person becomes a Christian, his conduct and personality undergo certain changes. And one of these changes has to do with temper. A Christian should react in a Christian way. He should not lose his temple. So we know as a Christian, we should not lose our temple. So we're going to find out tonight about things that we think when we get angry that it's all right, but it's not all right according to the word of God. And the first man discovered the destructive power of anger was Cain. Now Cain and his brother Abel were the first two sons of Adam. And when these two sons grew up, Cain became a farmer and Abel became a shepherd. Cain and Abel had been taught the right way to worship God. They knew that God required an offering of innocent animals as a sacrifice for their sins. But when they came to worship God, only one brother was obedient to God. Abel bought a lamb as his offering, but Cain bought fruit from his crops as his offering. God accepted Abel and his offering, but he rejected Cain, his offering. And as a result of this, Cain became very angry. He was so angry at God and jealous of his brother. God warned Cain of the consequence of his anger. God' message to Cain was this. Look out. Your anger is like a lion lying in wait outside of your door. You must master your anger or it will master you. But Cain did not respond to God's warning. His jealousy of Abel turned into hatred. And when we have so much anger on the inside of us that we don't be careful, it will turn into hatred. And one day as Cain and Abel were in the fields together, Cain rose up against his brother and murdered him. Though the first man born into this world became a murderer because he did not control his anger. So we are talking tonight about dealing with anger. Like Cain, we have the lion of anger within us. We must master it or it will master us. God has not said we are never to be angry, but he has warned us of the danger of uncontrolled anger. In Ephesians 4 and 26, the Bible tells us, be ye angry and sin not. Let the sun go down upon your wrath. Anger is the most violent of human emotion, but it involves such a strong feeling 
Anger brought us closely on sin. The Bible does not say be kind, but sin not, or love, but do not sin. Because kindness and love are far removed from sin. But when we are angry, we are in danger of sinning. Someone has said if we are to be angry and sin not, we must be angry at nothing but sin. There are three things we can do with our anger. When anger is out of control, it does great damage. When we become so angry that we want to lash out at someone and hurt them, we are sinning deeply. We call this losing our temple. And how many of us lose our temple? Sometimes we think that we show how strong we are when we lose our temple. But losing our temper is a sign of weakness, not strength, but a sign of weakness. Ecclesiastes 7 and 9 tells us, Be not hasty in their spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. To suppress anger is to keep it inside. Some people lose their temper and express their anger openly. Others have the same anger feeling, but manage to keep them bottled up inside. Anger is that bottle up that keeps inside of us and it hurts and keep on hurting. It turns and hurt and keep us on and on and it go on hurting us. And then next thing we know, resentment and bitterness can bring depression as well as many kind of physical illness. So we see here that anger can bring on so many different things, even affect our health to the point of depression and all kinds of physical illness. And the best way to handle anger feeling is to tell God about it. This is a way to let off steam without sinning. God knows us better than we know ourselves, and we will always find him to be understanding. Just being in God's presence helps to calm us. It also helps us to see things in their proper perspective. Many things we discover that the things we were disturbed about was not really so important after all. Temper is uncontrolled anger. It is always wrong. When we lose our temper, there is but one thing to do. We must confess it to God as sin and claim the cleansing blood of Christ. If we have offended or hurt others, we must, of course, apologize to them. Regardless of how many times you lose your temper, you must mix things right with others each time. We got to go back. We got to go back and mix things right. And when we mix things right with others, we mix things right with God. This will humble you and help you to see the damage done by your temple. It is best not to go to other person while you are still upset. But after you have calmed down, go 
and make things right with that person. Even though we faithfully confess our sins to God every time we lose our temper, we still have a problem. The problem is that we keep doing the same thing over and over again. We lose our temper and we confess it. Then we lose our temper again and confess it again. We do the same thing over and over. No matter how hard we try, we continue to lose our temper, praise God. Glory to God, losing our temper, we got to get it under control. Is there a remedy for this problem? Yes, it is. And you will find out there is a remedy for this problem. The first thing you do is discover what costs you to lose your temper. What is the cost of it? The Bible does not say much about temper. The reason is that the Bible is concerned with the root cause of temper, not just with the temper itself. What is the root cause of temper? It is self. Temper is produced by self. And when temper is expressed on the outside, we may see that there is an anger self on the inside. We may try hard to control our temper. But unless self is dealt with, we will continue to get angry and lose our temper. Let us look at a few temper-producing situations that we may see more clearly that self is the cause of temper. Then put down or belittled by others is one of the most common causes of losing our temper. Someone said something unkind or hurtful about us, and we become angry on the inside. Our self-pride is injury. This is but one of the many forms of self. There's self-pity, self-love, jealousy, self-pride, self-will, self-exploration, self-justification, self-righteousness. We are self-will and determined to have our way. And when one crosses us and we cannot have our way, what flares up? Anger. And what is the root cause of this? It is self. We like to be looked up to, admired by others. For this reason, we are jealous of others when they succeed. Jealousy often turns into anger, and when someone gets the job or honor that we want, again, the root cause of this wrong feeling is self. There are but a few temper-producing situations, but they show us that the root cause of temper is self. You might not realize it, but the main reason for all our distent is that we love ourselves and want to please ourselves. So long as we make ourselves the center of everything, we will react with anger when some anyone crosses us. To sum it up, temple comes from within us. It comes from self until the problem of self is dealt with. The problem of temple will not be solved. 
There is a self which I am to accept and a self which I am to deny. And I am to accept myself as the special, unique person which God created me to be. But I am to deny self that sinful self-life which is a form of the flesh. Because self is so hateful to God and so destructive to us, God did something about it. When did God do something about it? God dealt with self by putting us and Christ on the cross. And when Christ was crucified, we were crucified with him. Why did God crucify us with Christ? He crucified us with Christ so that we might no longer be ruled by self. And Romans 6 and 6 is telling us, knowing this, that our old man, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer serve sin. Two great facts which are true of every Christian. Number one, Christ died for us. And number two, we died with Christ. The great truth concerning our union with Christ in his death burial, and resurrection are fully covered. And understanding of these truths is absolutely essential to a life of victory. God wants us to see that. In Christ, we died to our old life. We are not the same person we were before. We are a new creation in Christ. We do not have to give to our old sins. We died to all our sins, including the sin of temple. In Romans 6 and 2, it tells us how should we die to sin, live any longer in it. We have seen that the root cause of temple is self. And we have seen how God has dealt with it. Now let us see some practical steps that we must take. Many people, when angry simply, will not admit their anger. They say, I am not angry. Others admit that they have a temper but do not see it as a serious sin. Actually, temper is one of the worst sins. The Bible tells us uncontrolled angry along with such sin as drunkenness, witchcraft, adultery, and murderers, temper is simply not acceptable in the life of a Christian. And that's the word of God. It's not acceptable. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Ephesians 4 and 31. Unless we see the seriousness of temper, and determined to be delivered from it, we will not overcome it. And if we are satisfied to go on as we have been going, we will know nothing of God's victory over the sin of temple. It is very easy to excuse ourselves by blaming someone else for our temple. We say, as so and so had spoken, had not spoken to me, like that, I would not have lost my temper. 
In other words, we think that our temple is external problem that is caused by something from without. The fact is that temple is an internal problem. Temple comes from within us, not from without. Other ways say or do things that irritates me, but no one can make me lose my temple except me. God has told us plainly that we have delivered us from the power of sin and self by our death with Christ. God tell us to count on these great facts. In Romans 6 and 11, he tell us, reckon ye also yourself to be dead into, indeed unto sin, including the sin of temple, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We must put God's truth into practice. When we find ourselves getting angry, we can say, hold it. Praise God. I am not acting like the person I really am. I am not the person I used to be. My old angle self was crucified with Christ. I don't have to give my temper anymore. I am a new creature in Christ, and Christ lives in me. He is my life. Whenever or not we lose our temper, it's not determined by what on the outside. It is determined by the one in control on the inside. Christ alone has the right to rule in our lives, but self will still try to rule. Every Christian must choose whether he be ruled by Christ or by self. It is God's purpose that Christ reigns on the throne of our heart. In order for him to reign, self must be kept in the place of death on the cross. It is one thing to understand the teaching that we were crucified with Christ. It is another thing to put it into practice and actually deny self. But this is what we must do. Jesus said in Luke 9 and 23, if a man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. To overcome temper, we must deny self. What does it mean to deny self? To deny self means to choose God's will instead of our own will. Deny self is saying, I don't have to have my own way. I accept God's way. The world said, look out for yourself. But Jesus said, deny yourself. We will never control our temper until we give up our way and choose God's way. We will find that the Lord will allow us to be in many situations where we are slightly mistreated, inconvenient. This is God's way of dealing with our self-life and our temple. God's purpose in our all situation is that we learn to be patient and self-denying and gladly letting God have his way in our lives. With someone keep you waiting a long time, you do not have to lose your temple. You can say, Lord, I know that I need to learn patience. You are in control of my circumstances, and you have allowed this to teach me to be patient. So before we lose our temple, ask God to help us to be patient, and he will help us to be patient. We just got to learn 
how to control ourselves and control that self. When someone says or does something that hurts your pride, don't have to go angry or get angry. You can say, Lord, you know how proud I am. I thank you for dealing with me about my sinful pride. When others do not do what you want them to do, and you cannot have your own way, this is your chance to die to self. You can say, Lord, I have always wanted to have my own way, but you know what is best for me. I accept your way. So do you accept God's way today? Not your way, but it's God's way. In whatever situation the Lord arranged for us, we can say, Lord, this is what you have arranged for me. This is your way of dealing with my self-life and my temper. I accept this from you and thank you for it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And what will happen? Anger can turn into resentment. And when anger turns into resentment, we can see that in Psalms 119, the chapter, and 165 verse, great peace have they which love their law, and nothing shall offend them. Our response to what someone says or does is called a reaction. And for example, someone said something nice about us and we feel good. Feeling good is our reaction. Someone said something about us that is not true and we get angry. And when I say angry, I mean we get angry. Getting angry is also a reaction. We may have never thought much about our reaction. But actually, they are tremendously important. We will always gain some insight that will help us to help create our action and our temperance. The reason our action are so important is that they can have long terms, praise God. And the things that trouble us with past in time, but our reaction can have eternal consequences. A Christian man told how, as a teenager, how he had been treated unfairly by his father. He said, my father gave me a whipping when it wasn't coming to me. Because of this, I carried resentment against my father for 30 years. And finally, one night, God said to me, you give this thing up or through with you. So I gave up my resentment. So with your anger and with your resentment, can you let it go? God is saying tonight to let it go. This story of truth, that's what happened to us. It's not as important as our reaction to it. Though the whipping may indeed have been unfair and unserved, the physical pain from it could not have lasted very long. What did last was this man's reaction. For 30 years, he was out of fellowship with his father. For 30 years, God was unable to fully use this man 
Why? Because his heart was filled with resentment and anger. His reaction had long time and even eternal consequences. Anger. The story of Joseph in the Old Testament can teach us much about reaction and anger. Joseph was next to the youngest of Jacob's 12 sons. He was especially loved by his father. And because of this, his brother was jealous over him and told. And one day Joseph told his brother about a dream God had given him. He said to his brother, in fact, I had a dream which God showed me that one day I will rule over you and that you will bow down to me. And this made his brother hate him all more. Action and resentment, anger. And when the opportunity came, Joseph's brother sold him as a slave into Egypt. And there, through no fault of his own, he was falsely accused of attempting to seduce his master's wife. Joseph spent years in prison for a crime he did not commit. In all of this, Joseph did not become bitter or resentful. In time, God exalted Joseph under Pharaoh. Joseph became ruler over all Egypt. And through wisdom given by him, God, Joseph, stored, gained during several years a plentiful crop. Then came a great famine over all the earth. And during this time, Joseph's brother came to Egypt, seeking food for themselves and their family. They stood before Joseph, but did not recognize him. And as a prime master, minister of Egypt, Joseph could have used his power to get even with his brother. He could have thought, now I have my brothers right where I want them. I am going to make them pay for their sin. I will let them know that the dream I had about being exalted over them was really true. I am going to show them that they cannot do what they did to me and get away with it. Apparently, no such thought. Venge crossed Joseph's mind. He said to his brothers, be not grieved, nor angry with yourself, that you will sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, in Genesis 45, 5, and 8, praise God. Joseph did not have anger towards his brother. He still loved them. Joseph allowed God to be in control of his reaction and his anger. He was kind and gracious to his brother. He took care of them and their families. Joseph's reaction was right reaction, and they had eternal consequences for good. We may not face as difficult situation as Joseph faced. But we are sure to receive some mistreatment. Living in a world of sinful, rebellious human beings, we should not be surprised at any unkind or unfair treatment we receive. Through such treatment may trouble us at 
the time. It need not have any lasting effect on our lives. What is important is our reaction. They have a lasting effect upon our lives and the lives of others. Let's look at some situation that usually cause us to react wrong ways and see how we can handle them in the right way. Each instance, notice that the person involved was able to choose his or her reaction and anger. No one lacked rule of this courteous treatment. Our usual response to such treatment is to act the same way the other person has acted. The kind of reaction is displeasing to God. The Bible said that Christians are to be courteous. I walked the other night with my friends to the nearby newsstand. Listen, thanks. And bought a paper. Thanks to the new boy, very politically. The new boy didn't even look up or acknowledge him. A sudden fellow isn't he, I command. Oh, he that way every night. Somebody replied, he's that way every night. Have you ever met people? Sometimes you have to wonder about them. Their ways. Sometimes they'll talk and sometimes they won't talk. Sometimes they won't say nothing. Sometimes, I'm going to put it like this, they act simple. That's how they act. And then other times they're a totally different way. But I come to tell you tonight, that's not God's way. That is not God's way to act. Almost everyone would see unfair treatment at some time or the other. And this can cause us pain and distress. Being a Christian does not mean that we are insensible to the way we are treated. But as Christians, we can choose what our reaction will be, what our anger will be. The daughter of a high school principal received an unfair detention punishment. She could have created a big scene about it, or she could have held resentment in her heart, but she did not. She didn't even get angry. Praise God. She stayed at a situation where she was very dismayed. And this is the way that God wants us to be happy Christians who can handle unfair treatment as well as the girl did. Glory to God. And even in your Christian walk with Christ, you're going to find in a situation where you're going to come angry. Your reaction. Does the Bible tell us to let our light shine? If you are a Christian and someone see that angry that's in you, what kind of light is you showing to that person? What kind of reaction are you showing to that person? Happy is the Christian who handles unfair treatment as well as the girl did. Hallelujah. I love that. I love that, Jesus. When someone says something about you that hurts your pride, you can react. Angrily, no. You can carry that hurt resentment the rest of your life, no. How much better is it will be if you will say with a big heart, so and so hurt my pride, but what she said, but what wasn't nearly 
as bad as what she could have said. If she only knew me as I know myself, she could have said 10 times as much and still have told the truth. All right. That is so true. I'm telling you tonight, saints, we got to be careful. We got to be careful. Then if we offend, it is easy to become angry and we act wrongly. Others commit offend against us. But let us remember that we will weep what we saw. God will deal with us according to the way we deal with others. If we are kind and forgiven with them, God will be gracious and forgiving to us. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. If we are hard and unforgiving with others, God will be strict and, and reacting with us. Jesus said in Matthew six fourteen and 15, For as ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I want God to forgive me. I don't know about you, but I want God to forgive me, don't you? On one occasion, General John wisely never forget. Forget. Then I hope, sir, said Wesley, that you never sin. When someone make an angry or harsh remark to you, we feel like replying is like a matter. This only make a bad situation worse. It is much better if we can have control over ourselves and handle the situation with a soft answer. But see, sometimes we get so angry that we don't even return a soft anger. We're so mad that we lashes out, and before we know it, we don't hurt people. But God don't want us to be that way. At a roundtable discussion one time, things became so heated that a woman flared up at the leader. I want you to know that I absolutely disagree with you. The leader turned towards the woman, paused a moment, and then with a friendly smile, she said, I like you too. He had control over himself. The tension was broken. The atmosphere was released. And later, as they went up after the meeting, the woman turned to him with a smile and said, I like you too. So you see, it was about her not getting angry or showing resentment. How wise this man was and how wise we will be to have such control over ourselves when we are jumped on. In Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turned away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. Praise the Lord. Criticize is even true or it's not true. If it is true, we need to learn from it. If it is not true, we should not let it disturb us. We can leave the matter with God knowing that we will take care of us, knowing God will take care of us. A wise man said, when we are in the right, you can afford to keep your temple. 
When you are in the wrong, you cannot afford to lose it, praise God. Everyone makes mistakes at one time or another. And often we try to excuse ourselves or blame somebody else for our mistake. A wrong reaction adds to a mistake. Make the matter that must much, much worse. And on the other hand, if we admit our mistake and apologize correctly, God can use even our mistake for his, to his glory. Glory to God. God can use us. So let's be careful how our anger controls us. Let's be careful with our anger in everything that we do. Be aware of holding on to wrong reaction. Be aware of holding on to our anger. The great danger of wrong reaction is holding on to them until development into deep problems. When we hold on to wrong reaction, it becomes a resentment with anger. Let us consider some things we should do to prevent anger, resentment, and bitterness from gaining foothold on our lives. Believe believers should stay in constant fellowship with God through prayer and the reading of his word. And when we are in fellowship with God, we are to overlook many things that otherwise might offend us. And Psalms 19, 165, it tells us great peace have they which love their law, and nothing shall offend them. It is to our credit when we restrain our anger and overlook instance. The Bible says in Proverbs 19:11, the destruction of a man defends his anger, and it is his glory to pass over transgression. And let me tell you this: one of Satan's devices is to promote famine, anger, resentment between God's children. He injects a bit of deception and falsehood into situation. The result is that people often hold things against others of which they might have never been guilty of. The Bible resists that, and when we have a misunderstanding with another believer, we go to him and make things right. And if God's children obey the Lord in this, many problems among them will be eliminated. A missionary leader was conducting a conference among missionaries in a foreign land. And one day a missionary came to him and said, one of the missionaries shall have something against me, and I don't know why. Soon thereafter, the other missionary came to see the leader and said to the same thing about the first one. And that is, it turned out each one thought that the other had something against her. Both was wrong. There was really nothing between them, but Satan had put this thought into their mind, and they had accepted it and were deceived. Satan will do that between people. He will put things in their mind and make you be angry, resentment towards that person. That person never did anything to you. But that's one of Satan's strategies. 
Sometimes we might not be able to control our instant reaction in a given situation, but we can prevent a wrong reaction from becoming a resentment. We can choose to reject a wrong attitude. A Christian teacher was walking down the sidewalk, and as she walked along, she thought about something a fellow teacher had done that had beginning to forgive an occasion for bitterness. bitterness. Suddenly she stopped and said, here, this will never do. I reject this feeling of resentment right now, this anger right now. Years later, as she told this story, that day I cannot remember what the thing was all about. God's word said, let not sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Ephesians 4 and 26. God is telling us here that we are not to hold on to wrong attitudes. Anytime we resent sense that we may be holding a wrong attitude towards someone, we should begin to pray for that person. Even though that person may have mistreated you, Pray for him each day and pray for yourself that God may keep you from resentment. Jesus said, pray them with the spitefully use you. Pray for them for those that despitefully use you. Our reactions are not determined by what happened to us on the outside. They are determined by the one who in control on the inside. And if self is in control, we will react according to self. If Christ is in control, we will react according to his life. As God's children, we do not have the liberty to react as we please. Our reaction must be under Christ's control. And God has given Christians the command as to how they are to react. God's word says in 1 Thessalonians 5:15, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow, follows that which is good. And this little word, see, lies our responsibility. We are to see it that we do not render evil for evil. This means that we are not to try to get even with people, but rather to suffer mistreatment patiently. The Lord Jesus himself is our example. The Bible said Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye shall follow his steps, who when we were revived, revived not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteousness. First Peter two twenty one and twenty three. God want us to see the importance of our reaction. The great missionary works that we as Christians should do. The eternal substance of things is needed in the things itself but in quality of our reaction towards it. As in hard times, we are kept from resentment, hell and sour, and filled with inward sweetness. 
That is what matters. That's what God wants for us. The sweetness on the inside. The event that this treat us will pass from memories as wide that passes as it's gone. But what we while the wind was blowing has eternal consequences. Thanks, I don't know but you. Church, I don't know but you. People out there, I don't know but you. But we got to get rid of that resentment. We got to get rid of that reaction because God is not pleased with it. It's not pleased. How can our family be a family if there's a lot of anger? How can a family be a family when there's a lot of resentment? How can a church be a church when there's a lot of anger? How can a church be a church when there's a lot of resentment? We gotta let it go. And then with resentment and anger on top of that, it can turn into bitterness. And bitterness can turn into forgiveness, thank the Lord. Ephesians 4 and 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and comment and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. What is resentment? Why is it so destructive? What effect will it have on us? How can we return from bitterness to forgiveness? We will find it as resentment that it's deep feelings, displeasure, or anger that we have towards someone because of a past offense. It is our painful memory, past hurt. Resentment is the great enemy of right relationship. It destroys friendship, and it turns friends into enemies. But the most dangerous effect of resentment is destruction of one who holds it. Tonight, let go. Let go of all this anger, this bitterness, this resentment, praise God. Let go of it. A pastor was called into the bedside of a dying man. He was a man who nobody liked. He was hard, bitter. That's the kind of man he was. He lived in a trimble-down shack on the edge of town. And he went into town. He made it clear that he did not want to speak to anyone. And he didn't want anyone to speak to him. Even the children ran from him. That's what type of person he was. People wonder why what had made him so bitter and mean and angry and hateful and resentment. Some thought he had a guilty secret. Others were sure that he had committed some terrible crime, that he was a fugitive from justice. But they were all wrong. The simple truth was when he was a young man, a friend had done him a grudge, grudgingly wrong. He was so angry that it 
said that he remembered it until my dying day, and he did. He said to the pastor who sat at his bedside, I'm going on over it every morning. Isn't that terrible? Lord have mercy, Jesus. Thanks, we got to let it go. Church, we got to let it go. Family, we got to let it go. I thought about it every night. I cursed that man a hundred times a day. Mm-hmm. Gapping for my breath, he continued, I see him now that my bitterness has eaten out of my soul. My hate has hurt nobody but myself. But God knows that it has turned my life into hell. Of all the evil, destructive things that could happen to us, resentment, anger, bitterness, it is like a daily germs working constantly to gain power over us to destroy us. No right-thinking person would harbor his and nourish a daily germs in his body, knowing that this germs would eventually kill him. Yet many Christians hold on to sin or resentment, anger, bitterness, which is so far more from destructing than any germ. Seeing that resentment is such a deadly sin, we must well ask, why do we hold on to resentment? Why do we hold on to anger? Why do we hold on to bitterness? There are a number of reasons to recognize the poison nature of resentment. It's that it seems right to us. We feel that we are justified in our resentment, anger, bitterness. We say to ourselves, it is only natural to resent so and so on. No, it's not only natural. It's you, yourself. In order to justify our resentment, we often build in our mind a false image of a other person. We push aside the whole picture of what that person is and all the good and extent things he may have done and focus on his offense against us. When someone does something that offends or hurt us in anger, bitterness, we take a superior attitude towards that person. We say to ourselves, I would never do a thing like that. We lack this feeling of superiority. Or therefore, we hold on to our resentment. Let it go. We lack to keep scores. Sometimes we hold on to our resentment in order to have something to offset any future offense we may commit. We want to be able to say, maybe I was wrong in that matter, but you did such and such to me. Oh, my God. Yes, Lord. Let it go. Strange as it may seem, we keep our hurt alive for the pleasure we get out of them. We enjoy nursing our wounds and feeling sorry for ourselves after someone has offended us with anger, with resentment, bitterness. Resentment is one of the most unusual of all sin in that it is meant to punish the other person. 
yet it is far more hurtful to us than it could ever be to the other person. Sometimes the other person may not even be aware of having done anything wrong, and therefore our resentment does not harm him at all, but it is very destructive to us or to you. Praise God. Our minds, our personality, our relationship with God. Let us consider these things. Glory to God. Bitterness is poison to our body. Anger is poison to our body. Glory to God. Hatred, unforgiveness can cause an awful high blood pressure and dozens of other disasters and disease. It has been estimated that by some doctors that as much as 90% of our illness are caused by anger, fear, resentment, and bitterness. Holding bitterness in your heart can cause you to lose your sleep and be tired most of the time. It will take away the enjoyment of your food. It will kill your happiness. In time, it will show in your eyes and in your face. A doctor said once, the moment I start hating a man, I became his slave. Praise God. I can't even enjoy my work anymore because he controlled my thoughts. My resentment, resentment produced too many stress hormones in my body, and I became fatigued. After only a few hours of work, let it go. The work I formerly enjoy is now. Let Christ remove that out of your life, out of your heart. Let Christ take control, anger, and that bitterness. It has been... It has been proven that bitterness can destroy. Hallelujah. Let us go into prayer. Heavenly Father, as I come to you tonight, in the name of Jesus, Father, I ask, Lord, that any of us that have bitterness and resentment and anger in our heart, Lord, we pray tonight that you remove it, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. These are things that can destroy your people. But we pray in tonight for strength. Strength for you, God, that it be removed in Jesus' name. And we thank you and we praise you for it. Let it go as of tonight. Let it go in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been Pastor Annie Gaslin, Fivefold Ministry of Apostle Maggie Mercer. Phone number 804-313-1526. Address 5434 Victory Temple Church, Lodley, Virginia, 22503. God bless you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.